Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. As always, feel free to subscribe to the show on iTunes and get it automatically. Just make it easy on yourself. Uh, you can like the, the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. And if you have any questions or comments or criticisms or whatever else, you can feel free to email MyFirstSketchPodcast at gmail.com. Or you can follow me personally on Twitter at Josh High False. Today's episode is the second half of the live My First Sketch Show at Philly Sketch Fest Presents a couple weeks ago, and the guest is Caitlin Weigel, who is currently a member of House of Solitude and Manny Petty. Her first sketch is called Mindy. Caitlin plays Mindy. Rob O'Neill plays Steve. Rob Banowitz plays Craig. Dan Corkery plays the instructor, and I am the omniscient voice telling you all the extra information and visual cues you need to know. And this is a treat. There is actually a video of this sketch when it was performed for Temple Smash. And the video of that will be posted on MyFirstSketch.com. So you can check it out as it was performed originally. So let's go to the sketch reading. Live from Philly Sketchfest Presents. Interior of gym, signed for hip-hop funk. Yo, what are we even doing here, man? Hip-hop funk? Seriously? Yes, seriously. Take a look around, my friend. Dude, it's all girls. Steve raises his eyebrows and smiles. Oh, I see you. I see you. All girls. Ladies? (laughs) They do a sweet bro hand slap thing and nod at each other. All right, guys, we're going to do a brief warm-up. Everyone find a place on the floor. The group spreads out and begins following the instructor's warm-up routine. And deep breathe in. Reach up. Hands over the heads. And now just shake it down. The group stretches downward and holds position. As soon as everyone goes down, a frazzled-looking girl emerges in the doorway. She scans the room before spotting Steve and letting out a small streak streak of joy, pure creepiness. Some, something difficult to convey on paper, though we've all heard it before. <laughs> it might even be considered a type of hybrid cry screech, screech. Steve hears the noise and turns back to see the source as Mindy weaves her way around the room to a, the spot closest to Steve. Oh, God. Who is that? Oh, some girl I met at orientation freshman year. I stood next to her in line for something, and she's convinced we're soulmates. She's been following me around ever since. Just try to ignore her. Mindy stands uncomfortably close to Steve, a goofy, a giant goofy smile plastered across her face. Oh, whoa, hey, Mindy. Hi, Steve. What are you doing here? Oh, you know, just dancing. I love dancing. I've never seen you here before. Really? That's weird, because I love dancing. It's my passion. Maybe we could dance together sometime. I'd love to share my passion with you. Um, uh, would you mind just taking a step that way? I'm kind of having a hard time moving. (laughs) Steve, you're so funny. I'm being serious. You're standing really, really close. Maybe we're just drawn together like two incredibly strong magnets. I I don't think that's it. Oh, Steve, don't be afraid. Don't fight this feeling. Um, excuse me, ma'am. Could you just take a couple steps that way? 
it's important that everyone has their own space in the dance floor. Mindy reluctantly slips away from Steve as Steve mouths thank you to the heavens. The group continues following the instructor, instructor the entire time. Steve! Hey, Steve! Hey, Steve! Hey, Steve! What? Miss you. Steve looks away disturbed and tries to focus on the instructor. Steve! Hey, Steve! Hey, Steve! Hey, Steve! What? I know the lady said I'm supposed to have my own space, but I just wanted to let you know that my space is your space, too. It's supposed to be that way. It's destiny. And we're just going to do the same standard slow pelvic rolls. The group begins to do their slow pelvic rolls with Steve looking away from Mindy in an attempt to ignore her. She takes advantage of this moment and moves closer to him, close enough that it's super creepy. Maybe their hips are even moving in sync and she's standing behind him. Something really friggin' weird and pretty close to full-blown sexual harassment. Ah, what are you doing? I don't know. Did you like it? No, leave me alone. And at this point in the dance, I just want to see some basic hip-hop freestyling. Make it sexy, people. I will make it so sexy for you. Everyone is doing their own hip-hop funk thing, and Mindy gets all up in Steve's bubble doing some really weird stuff. Not just weird grinding, but stuff that looks ritualistic and bizarre. Like Napoleon Dynamite at a voodoo session, held at P. Diddy's house. Whoa, whoa. What is this? What's going on? Nothing. Just shaking my groove, thanks. I don't know what that was, but it's completely inappropriate. I thought grinding was allowed if it's with your soulmate. I'm very uncomfortable right now. I'm going to have to ask you to move to the back. Fine. No great love has been without its challenges. Distance makes the heart grow fonder. She moves to the back of the class. I miss you already. Yo, that girl is so weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm aware. You better watch out, man. She's seriously a whole nother flavor of crazy. <laughs> All right, we're going to pick up right where we left off last week. So everybody in position, get ready for the first left hip gyration. Everyone moves into the same stance as the instructor as the instructor goes to turn on the music. She presses play, and he and the song Died in Your Arms begins to play. Or possibly every move you make might be creepier. Everyone looks confused. What is this? Who put this on my iPod? In the this is not part of the playlist. <laughs> in the back, we see Mindy begin an elaborate dance, working her way towards the front. In time for the chorus, she begins to sing awkwardly. Steve looks incredibly uncomfortable throughout. Towards the end of the chorus, Mindy unzips her sweatshirt to reveal a homemade t-shirt with Steve's face on it. Security! Jim Security enters and begins to escort Mindy off stage. No, you can't do this. We're meant to be. No shackles can hold our love. Steve, wait for me on the outside! Mindy is taken off stage as the rest of the class looks at one another, clearly disturbed and confused by the previous exchange. The end. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, Josh, what's up? Uh, so where did this idea come from? Okay. I, I don't remember. Um, <laughs> is that useful? No, I came <laughs> from, um, I went to Temple and uh, there was a show called Temple Smash. It mm -hmm. was like a, an in-studio sketch show. 
and there was a guy who lived next door to me my sophomore year and his name was max i don't mind name dropping him because <laughs> i don't think that he he doesn't even listen remembers to my name but um i thought he was like a grade a asshole i thought he was the worst and i first i saw him that he was doing improv and i was like oh fuck this guy <laughs> he's doing improv what the fuck is improv i'm gonna do that this guy sucks at stuff i'll just do that so i did that and i started doing improv at the same time i also found out he was doing temple smash the sketch show and i was like what the fuck is this i'll fuck this guy i'm gonna do temple smash whatever that is me too so uh spite reasons hold on This guy's an asshole. I hate this guy. Yeah. I'm going to do everything with him. Well, no, not everything with him. Because I know we just read a sketch where I was a creepy stalker. So it might <laughs> seem like, um, but no. I wasn't sure. even going that way. I was just thinking, like, <laughs> why do you hate this guy so much? And then decide no, to do everything it's one of, it with him. It was one of him. those things where I was like, oh, my God, he is so stupid. If he has the confidence to be doing, like, comedy performance stuff, then, like, a- absolutely not. No way. Um, this is me being like <laughs> revealing that I'm the meanest person where I'm like, why do you feel good about doing this? You are an awful weirdo. No, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Cause I feel like I could be like two decimals better at it. Just two decimals. Um, that's just all you want. Two, just that's two all, decimal, that's okay. all I needed to achieve. Uh. Yeah. Um, but so I, I wrote this and back in the day, Temple Smash, it was pretty much like an all call. First, I, uh, found out who ran Temple Smash and it was this guy, Scott McLennan. And I, uh, emailed him like the creepiest email ever. It was very, very formal. Um, and, uh, he was pretty much like yeah it's an open call. i sent him like i sent him like i was applying <laughs> for an internship so i sent videos i had done in like <laughs> high school where i was like here's some qualifications um but i didn't know that they had just started doing the show so like there was really no you, bar you sent in anything. a resume and everything like. <laughs> yeah, i'm like here are my references here's a voicemail from my mom um saying i'm great but uh, at that point it was pretty much just like they would have an all call for sketches and you would go to scott's living room and it would be like a bunch of people like packed in um, and you would just read sketches like it would take hours. It was just anyone who brought a sketch and you're like sitting on the back of couches and like in <laughs> windows and just people everywhere. And anyone who brought a sketch, you would read the sketches. Some of the sketches were so bad. I'm sure. The one was this girl and she got up. There's people here from Temple Smash Prince. I don't know if you remember <laughs> this, but this one girl got up and she was like, this is actually an inside joke between me and my roommate. It's about... That's it's about bananas work. and it like didn't make any sense at all <laughs> um, so i was like okay but i went to this and i didn't know anybody there like at all i didn't even know who scott mcclennan was because i didn't recognize him i just knew his email address um so i waited and then you have to like pick people to read your sketch so i brought this sketch um i wrote I, I wrote it in microsoft word yeah um so it's not very well formatted uh, and then i just brought it and i just like picked people i was like okay you seem like a, you've uh an ability to read you <laughs> read this part you know words you read this part um and it ended up going really well and i, I got the sketch in the show and that's how i met like most of my friends in college was like through the show and bringing the sketch so this is in the archives of temple smash this is in the archives of temple smash is in the third episode the second episode prince are you a historian third i think it's the third episode okay. of temple smash yeah all right so you basically were on the ground floor of temple smash yeah and i've talked to ross weisman who's currently Yes, uh, he's there now. Yeah, he's doing he's it now. Happening. So how was the experience of this new endeavor, like, going? 
Temple Smash. Okay, so Temple Smash now. I went to see it uh, like last year when my because my brother went to Temple as well, and he was an executive producer on Temple Smash. When I went to see it, Nepotism. it was um, oh for sure a thousand percent. <laughs> That's how that works. He he came to visit me when he was in high school and I was at college, and he like got into a Temple Smash digital short just because he was physically <laughs> there. Um, that's how a lot of Temple Smash works. If you are physically around, you can get into <laughs> stuff because they're like, we need a body, and you just get into sketches. Um, so, yeah, what I went to see a sketch when he was a senior, and it was his last show, and it was incredible, Josh. They had like they had sets and functioning costumes, and when I was doing it, um, we were repainting the same flats for everything. There was one season when we really didn't have a costume Person. Someone was supposed to be dressed as a planet, um, and they were. Uh, what we did was we put a trash bag on her, and we stuffed it full of pillows that people just brought from their couches, um, and we duct taped the <laughs> bottom. I don't think we painted the trash bag or anything. <laughs> did it look like a planet? Did we? Okay, Katie Donatio confirms that we painted the trash bag, and we put her on a wheelie chair, and we spun her around. Like if you look at old episodes, it looks like garbage. <laughs> it looks so bad also all of the cameras in temple studio are from like the 70s so everything already looks like garbage and like all of a sudden it'll be mostly live sketches and you're like whoa what a weird time warp i found some archive footage but then you'll show a digital short that's some, like someone shot with a brand new camera and it looks <laughs> gorgeous and it's even starker the contrast um but no it's evolved a lot and I went through iterations of like before being a kind of free for all, like bring any sketch, anyone mm -hmm. can uh, submit to uh, finally having a writing team and then like having uh, the rocky initial formations of a writing team <laughs> um, where we were like, we're trying to come up with a process and figure out what works best. And we're like, we decided what works best is um, all the writers will write things. They will submit them to the executive producers, like in a pool of people will read them out loud to the executive producers. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's like three and like the director. So it's like three people. You read all the sketches. You're like no names on any sketches. So you're you're not allowed to put who wrote anything. So you're like, it's all group mind, no one, anything. The writers have to sit. They have to watch all the sketches being read. The executive producers then get to comment on them. And they'll comment things like, I don't even know why this was written. <laughs> why? What part of this was funny? Um, <laughs> the first time we did it, like two of us left the room crying. <laughs> oh um, it was like really, really brutal. And it's since gotten so much better. So it's like evolved in a million ways where now it's like a tight ship. And it's cool. Yeah, costumes suck. Like, they're mean. Oh, my gosh. Super mean. Because you're, like, trying to be professional, right? And that translates into being like, I'll show them how ruthless I am. <laughs> screw um, these how guys. mean I am. Yeah, screw friendship. Although I'm really curious about this banana sketch now. Like, it, like I couldn't even tell you. It was garbage. It was just, <laughs> it was like, did you buy bananas? <laughs> no, but I bought bananas. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. So how do you, how do you, uh, so what motive, oh, other than spite? It's the strongest motivator. <laughs> I don't think that's true, but. No, I don't think um, it is. <laughs> other than spite, what motivated you, what motivated you to get into comedy? Like what was your fandom growing up? What were you watching? What made you think that you could do it? Um, I was always like a theater kid when I was growing up. Okay, so um, you were performing anyway. Yeah, so I was okay. performing anyway. Um, and I think probably around like. I always I always leaned a little bit more towards comedy stuff. I liked that. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily that I was watching it. I was one of those like I didn't watch SNL when I was a kid because I uh, I had like until probably I was like fifteen, I was like, Well, there are adult shows and there are kid shows <laughs> and I'm a kid and I watch the kid shows. I don't understand. And then someone would be like, I watch The Simpsons and I'd be like, How? 
that's for I was adults. Say, 15? Oh, like too old. <laughs> like I, I was consistently a person. If you said there was a rule, I'd be like, well, great. Now yeah. I know the rule. I'll follow it. <laughs> like, not like maybe I should question it, but like, well, there's parameters. I live within them. Um, what what kid, <laughs> what kid shows were you watching at 15? Um, like uh, still, like, that's so Raven, even Stevens. Um, anything like Disney Channel was just pumping out some greats. It was a golden <laughs> era for them. Uh, I was still digging it. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> um, but I did a lot of theater stuff when I was a kid. Um, and then I think as I got to high school, too, I started to realize, like, I was never going to get cast for, dr- like, lead parts or dramatic parts. Okay. Um, my face is very round. Um, and I can't sing for beans, man. Like, I can't sing at all. And most of the theater in my high in school, high school was, is, like, it's is, musical stuff. Yeah. Um, so I started to realize that I wasn't getting cast for stuff. And they had a really cool, um, they called freshman, sophomore plays, where juniors and seniors could um, either pick plays and direct them or write plays and direct them. And you cast freshmen and sophomores in them. And you do, like, this, like, little mini, like, theater festival. It was a really cool project. Okay. Um, so I got into that. I started writing comedic plays. I also at the same time went to an arts magnet school that um, like culminated in a huge performance where you get to write all your own material. And I started writing things that were definitely more comedic um, because I just like performing them better. So I wrote stuff like that and I leaned towards that. And it wasn't until college when I consciously was like, oh, I think I like comedy mm-hmm. before it was just like, this is easier for me to do than dramatic. So stuff. when do you get into watching the sketch stuff or are you just watching all of that like over and over again? Um, so I started getting into watching sketches. I mean, I would watch like occasional stuff when people sent it to me in like in, in like late high school, early college, but probably after I was out doing Temple Smash stuff um, and I was applying for my Temple Smash job by sending an email. <laughs> I was like, well, I should research the position. <laughs> uh, what is sketch comedy and do I like it? I hope I do. <laughs> so that's kind of how I like segued into it. I'm still really confused about this whole 15 year old kid show, adult show kind of thing. But like, like a real weird. Kid. <laughs> um. So once you start watching comedy, like I mean the adult comedy, what were you into? What were you watching? What did you like? Um, what did you like grow to like? I so I studied abroad in London and I had like the most free time I've ever had in my entire life. My classes were insanely easy. Uh, my internship was work from home and it took like two hours. So hmm. I had three days allocated to do two hours worth of work. So and I couldn't watch any like Netflix or anything on my no. computer. You have to only watch like UK stuff. So yeah. I watched all of Mighty Boosh and I like loved Mighty Boosh. Okay. Uh, and that was great. I really really liked. I also liked uh, Mitchell and that Mitchell and Webb look. Mm-hmm. Um, the first sketch that I also remember really liking from SNL is the pepper sketch that Bobby Moynihan does. Um, Michael Phelps and Amy Poehler are at, out at um, Pizzeria Uno uh, getting <laughs> getting dinner, and they have a coupon, and Bobby Moynihan does this amazing monologue um, where he's, he's, the premise of it is he smells pepper in the restaurant. Um, and he's asking, has anyone seen this sketch? It's I don't super think I've good. Ever seen it's, it. the, it's the best sketch. You can only find one version of it on YouTube now, and it's like someone filming their TV. Like it's garbage, oh, it's the, but it's, it's pulled down. It's all the so time. good. It's great. It's him doing this monologue where he's like, "It's someone. It smells like someone just like had a big old pile of pepper, and they got a fan, and they blow that pepper around <laughs> the room. You know, it's just blowing around the room like that famous bag from that movie. You know." <laughs> <laughs> the other best line in it is he's like, "Can I ask you a secret? Is your smell a broke?" Um, it's just a great sketch. It's really good. It's a really good character. And that's Bobby monologue. Moynihan. That's Bobby Moynihan. And he has like a do-rag on that he's twisting the ends of. Um, and Michael Phelps is the worst actor. It's great. It's a really good sketch. Yeah, there's um, I, there's an article saying that like when that, that Tarzan movie came out and did nothing, uh, they wanted Michael Phelps to be Tarzan. 
And then they saw the episode of Saturday Night Live, and they're like, no, Absolutely we can't, not. no, that's, we can't do I mean, this. We have to sign like, someone else. He like, is as dumb as, like, a man who was raised by apes in a jungle would be. Uh, so so he's be perfect really for Tarzan. Yeah. Um, but I, that was, like, the first SNL sketch I remember really liking. And that was when I was like, oh, you can just do really cool character stuff. I like that. And then um, – a friend from Temple Smash, uh, Matt McNish. I'm going to do a name shout out. Um, I think he's like the coolest person and super smart and does great comedy stuff. Um, so look him up on your computer. Um, but he posted a sketch that uh, Jimmy Fallon did that he d- it was a reoccurring sketch called uh, Let Us Play With Your Look. You guys ever watch this? It is insane. It's Jimmy Fallon in like a short white wig in an all white outfit, like a white lace when he up was on shirt. Um, no, it's his it's show. Okay, yeah, okay. and he has like like white tight pants on, and he's standing on like a white curtain, and he sings, and he does it with a bunch of celebrities. But he just stands there and he sings, "Let us play with your look. Let us play with your look. Let." He does it for like four <laughs> minutes. He just sings that over and over again. As it goes on, he gets higher pitched and more like frantic and he sings that meanwhile the celebrity guest the best one is Maya Angelou you should watch that um not Maya Angelou Jesus Christ Caitlin no Maya Angelou no Maya Rudolph for sure Um, entirely different people entirely different people now I wish it was Maya Angelou (laughs) but she she walks out from the audience and she's super pregnant and she also has like big white glasses on and a white wig and she's wearing all white and she walks down and she picks they pick a person from the audience every a bunch of people have done it Anne Hathaway did one Mm -hmm. Emma Stone did one but um Maya Angelou did the best one um so she walks down she walks down from the audience and she picks a person out she takes them to the stage and then they do their hair but they like really fuck up their hair in a way that finally at the end of every sketch uh jimmy fallon just like freaks out falls backwards on the curtain they pull the curtain away so he disappears then uh the guest celebrity just walks away from it this is a super weird sketch to describe <laughs> it but it was the first sketch that i was like oh i really like this and sketches don't have to be what i thought they no. could be they can be like any weird thing you want to do so then how do you transition from temple smash to doing i don't <laughs> professional is not the right word like how do you go from college to local community well i don't like local either. <laughs> i hate the word local too but like how do you how do you graduate from temple smash to fit and everywhere else in the city that um so i was doing improv at uh at temple i was on temple's improv team and doing their improv club and um prince schultz who is the um head leader of the brigade of temple improv he posted something about um fit auditions so i was like i don't know what the f a fit is i'll go to that (laughs) um and so i auditioned the spring of my sophomore year i auditioned for a fit house team um and uh mike marbach miraculously put me on a team i emailed him to double check that he had the right caitlin because there were two in the audition um and i later found out that he cast me because i had open availability (laughs) (laughs) which is a great reason to get cast on a sketch team um but so i i I got involved at fit through uh mike marbach and the team asteroid and i was on asteroid for years um and i was still doing temple smash like temple smash was my sketch asteroid was improv and then i was also doing uh foul play which was temple's improv team um and as it went on uh asteroid started being like we should film some sketches so uh things that got rejected by temple smash i'd be like you guys want this <laughs> um and it never nothing ever came to fruition but it was enough that like jess ross knew that i wrote sketches so then when manny petty was adding members i got added into manny petty's okay. uh, next iteration 
Um, and I wrote stuff with Manny Petty. Uh, and then from there, I just, I really liked writing. I, I like writing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I started doing stuff with Dan. I think Dan is like the smartest, funniest person. And I uh, always really looked up to him. Really? Because he said terrible things about you. Um, that's our relationship. <laughs> yeah. And just, just, it's just like a lot of give, a lot so of take. <laughs> Um, no, but uh, I, I really, really liked the work that he, he was doing on our improv team. Um, so when I heard that he wanted to write, I was like, oh, yeah, you should do that. Yeah. And I will also be there <laughs> for the writing. Um, and it just and it went from there. Um, so you got cast on an improv team without going through the fit this was back in the system? olden days yeah i was about to say there like, were no requirements man. in the lobby they made you like fill out um like you what is your improv up. experience and everyone else is like writing everything and i was like i don't have anything <laughs> to write you do things prince told me about this i also auditioned with a guy i auditioned with a guy who was in an all red sweatsuit and he had white sneakers on and every scene he did, he'd be like, look at my sneakers. <laughs> and every single scene, <laughs> like no matter what it was, he'd be like, whoa, but my kicks are pretty sweet. It was really weird. <laughs> you hold on to like the weird stuff. Like, well, I was like, did I just really shine against that man who couldn't stop talking <laughs> about his shoes? Man, you remember the shit so well. Like, all right, what other shit is there? Like, what's another good story of something awful? Bananas, <laughs> white sneakers. <laughs> Um, one time in an asteroid show, um, I used to do improv and I used to be like, uh, I couldn't decide if I liked it. I thought it was just really painful because <laughs> uh, I would do a show and I'd be so bad in a show that I'd just come back home and lay on my kitchen floor for like a really long time. Because I'd be like, I just don't want anyone to look at me or I don't want to just be a person that people know at all. <laughs> um, but uh, one time I was in an asteroid show and someone had talked about like Wizard of Oz earlier on. Mm-hmm. So I decided to initiate a second beat. By singing the uh, Munchkin song in Wizard of Oz. I guess it's Glinda's song when she's okay. like, come out, come out, wherever you are. Aforementioned, I can't sing for beans. Okay. But I was like, I'll come out and I'll sing this. Um, and we'll do this like, like post-apocalyptic Wizard of Oz scene that we had previously mentioned. I'll just start it off and I'll start singing. I came out and I started singing and no one came out to sing with me. <laughs> so it was just me. And then no one came out to do the scene with me. So I sang like the whole song <laughs> and then they edited it and that was the whole scene was just me singing this song and then it got edited and i was like well yep i'm gonna stand over here for a I'm while <laughs> it was really bad why did they let you sing the whole song oh like, man i think at some point they were like let's see if she does it let's, let's keep going let's yeah. let's, let's let's see how long complete. wow that's shitty of them that's mean um, They're all very nice people. <laughs> I right, think so it was a one-time test of my strength. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, uh, Manny Petty was your first uh, for- foray into uh, local community comedy, whatever you want to call it, like local community. Nope, like. it just sounds <laughs> like the same word. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> how was that experience different than like Temple Smash? Like, what? Like, was that a different? I don't know. Like, yeah. So how is it different? Yeah. I mean, it's also uh, so many writing teams are like personality based. Yeah. So um, so Temple Smash was like people that I knew for years. Uh, There's also a writer on the team, John Schifferdecker, who was like a insanely prolific writer. We would show up to meetings and he would be like, everyone would be like, here are my two sketches. And he'd be like, here are my 18 sketches. I don't know. They might be garbage. And they were all <laughs> like, great. And we we're like, OK. 
cool, John. <laughs> nice. Um, and so uh, like that made me like super competitive. Uh, and so I would try to like outright John, which never worked at all. Um, so it would just be like writing a lot. So like that was like the dynamic of that team was like a, like a little bit competitive, at least on my part. Everyone else was probably like, we're having a great time and we're all <laughs> friends. But I was like, oh, I got to get my sketches in all. there. Yeah. Um, and so Manny Penny, I, I didn't know how their sketch team would function. And also um, Temple Smash was all blind. It was all like right. as much as you could, like not putting your name on stuff, as much as you could giving notes as if you didn't know like that theoretically who was the writing best stuff. stuff goes out, like yeah, always. Um, Manny Petty, when it started, was so much more just like, bring a sketch. Cool, we'll read it. That was great. I really liked it. Let's do <laughs> it. Um, which was really like nice. It was like very casual and very, very friendly. Um, and the, yeah, like a lot of like uh, shared voices across the border, like like getting equal amount of voices in a sketch show. Now you would have been in like the second iteration of Manny Petty when like like I was who <sighs> left. I don't even. I think it was a third generation. A third, okay. Yeah, because like at that point, Madonna and Shannon had left, and it was just Brie, Aubrey, Kate, and Jess. Jess was added, I think, in the second iteration. Oh man, a Manny Petty timetable is going to be hard to put <laughs> together. It's a it's a lot of moving you need pieces. A graph, it's fine. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, but I came on board at the same time as Jackie Baker and Corinne Wells. Okay. So we were uh, we came on in I think late 2013, and our first show is spring 2014. And then now, how like it, Manny Petty is you, Corinne? It's me, Corinne, Aubrey, Aubrey and Tara. Tara Demi. Yeah. So. Um, we to so and now you have Manny Petty, you have House of Solitude. Right. You have Triple Double. Yeah, Triple, triple Double. double. That's I'm correct. I get those wrong all the time. It's no, fine. you just say it confidently. Um, I'll say yes to whatever <laughs> you're saying. Uh, and, and now you're also teaching at FIT. Yes. Uh, how do you find time? Like, like I don't understand <laughs> how people have, like, so many things at once anymore. Like, um, I uh, This is, like, the most practical thing, too. I stack all my commitments. <laughs> so if I'm, like, if I'm, like, okay, well, I can do the future, but then I want to, if we're having another practice, I want it right after. So just my Tuesday's blocked right, off. Oh. So I still have my Monday free. I'd rather have, like, six hours of something, like, back-to-back -back practices, and then have, like, my Monday and my, like, Friday free. I guess if that's I can the, do the that. theory of when you're in college, you do all your Tuesday, Thursday. Yes. And you I've have your Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I was literally, I was a strong Tuesday, Thursday scheduler. I would look at my course schedule like far in advance. I love it. Wake up at eight, <laughs> get all your classes done by four, have an internship like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, Make money. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> you, have the, you have Manny Petty and House Solitude. Right. How are those two different? Like, how do you approach, uh, obviously, besides the, the big difference of all female. Right versus duo well I, and I mean I guess that's what it is so like uh I have I have a lot of lady feelings about lady issues um and so that's a pretty easy like so the lady stuff goes to Manny the Petty lady stuff goes to Manny Petty Dan doesn't have to deal with yeah if I'm writing a sketch about how bullshit it is like it is to like shave your legs I'm like <laughs> Dan do you want to do this uh and he would a thousand percent do it he would be totally on board Dan is a feminist I'll say it on record on this podcast um but I'll more likely toss it to Manny right. Petty also there's more possibilities in terms of uh staging stuff because there's more people there mm -hmm. i'll typically write like more monologue stuff or uh two-person stuff for okay. dan and i so, so it's, it's super boring yeah the division you would think it would be uh <laughs> yeah i was hoping for something a little bit different about that that's fine <laughs> i mean no no wait i have two <laughs> muses and when one whispers in my left ear it's for manny petty <laughs> but my right ear that's for house of solitude <laughs> um now that you've i don't know and 
now that you're watching adult shows now, since I asked everyone this, I'm going to ask you. It's time for yeah. me to watch adult shows. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite Saturday Night Live cast member? Like, um, I mean, again, I don't watch a ton of Saturday Night Live because I'm uh, not a great sketch person, obviously. <laughs> uh, so it's just going to be Bobby Moynihan because, guys, this Evan Pepper sketch is so good. <laughs> I, I rediscover it like this once a year. This Pepper sketch that doesn't exist anywhere I'm gonna online. Find it. You're going to like it so much. <laughs> uh, I watch it like once a year and I think it's the best sketch ever. So I'm going to strongly say <laughs> him or uh, Maya Angelou. <laughs> my Angelou was never on Saturday Night Live. Okay, well, mm, agree to disagree. <laughs> yeah. I think her years were great. They were the best um, ones. So then, like, uh, other than spite, which is the strongest emotion known to man, apparently. Yeah, it's just on a cross stitch hanging in my kitchen. <laughs> just, just spite. Spite. <laughs> like a bunch of flowers around it. What and a cauldron. Why are you doing comedy? Like, what, like, what is the drive? What is the... Um, so I think I, I think I always need a creative outlet, um, okay. and comedy has been very good for that. I think especially as you're like in, in college, it helped me find my friends. So like, it's a transitional period. I went to Catholic school, so I was friends with pretty much like the same people for like yeah. 12 years. You just know them. And then when you go to college, you're expecting the same kind of friendships and it's difficult to build that cause you forget the last friendships you had took 12, 12 years. years. Yeah. Um, so when I got to college, I was having a hard time making friends. Uh, it was like hard for me. And also you're comparing it. It was weird. So, uh, in college comedy helped me find my friends and find people that I really liked and I thought were really fun and who seemed to like me. So like that was it was really nice. It felt good. And also, uh, I really like productivity. So it felt like we were making something together, <laughs> okay. too, which was great. Um, and then after college, it's the same thing, right? So like you're like I didn't have any structure in my life. as I, I had a nine to five. But like beyond that, I didn't really have anything to do. So having comedy uh, and also I had a nine to five. Where I was a PA. So okay. I was doing like garbage work and like feeling <laughs> like you go in college from working on your own projects or feeling really confident to in uh your your after college life being like do you think you can handle going to the dry cleaner <laughs> would you be okay and you're like i guess so now i don't know um so i, I where is this dry cleaner how I, far oh is God, it it seems like a really oh intimidating God. dry cleaner <laughs> um so i think like because i felt i i felt like i was a, like a bottom of the totem pole person again and i had all this free time because i didn't have classes or homework um comedy uh, like allowed for structure again in the way that i could like feel like i was good at something Mm -hmm. or i was like doing well in something and having fun i could like meet people and have friends outside of college or like start to build my social circles outside Mm -hmm. of it and it also just like occupied my time at night so i wasn't just like watching frazier and drinking boxed wine um so it was good in that way i'm sorry what's wrong with frazier and boxed wine it can't be every night it's too much (sighs) (laughs) there's there's like 200 something episodes Uh. like yeah, but when you're drinking that box wine, man, you can go to like 2 a.m. just watching. You can knock blow out through. 15 in a night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think um, so. I think that's that's why I need it. And even now, like I, I work a job that I I like during the day. I work in public television, um, but sometimes it's like it's it's just like a straight up like job, and it feels like drudgy. Um, yeah. Or I feel like not good at it. So it's nice to have this thing outside of it that I can turn to if I'm not feeling good at what I'm doing during the day. Yeah. I can be like, well, I'll focus on this. I'll put my energy into this. This isn't isn't as frustrating. So it's nice to just have something outside so you're not um, you're not making everything like your job doesn't count for everything. You have an outside source that can feed you mm-hmm. for that. So that's why I like it. That sounds good. Yeah, you also meet the best people. People are super freaking strange and weird who do comedy stuff. Um, so I really like that part of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think are you good? Like Yep. 
Should I do a microphone bow? No, um, I don't know that it like. Just it's like don't break my microphones, please. It's yep. It's me hitting <laughs> it on the floor. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Caitlin. Thanks, Josh. House of Solitude is performing in Austin, Texas during Out of Bounds Festival September 2nd. Caitlin's group, Manny Petty, recently released a video for the Natural Lands Trust, which can be found on their Facebook page. And you can learn improv from Caitlin in the next session of Fit Classes, Monday nights, starting in October. And of course, you can like House of Solitude and Manny Petty on Facebook and keep up with all their future appearances and shows. As for me, I will be appearing as part of Up All Night Tomorrow Night, September 2nd at 7.30 p.m. at the Philly Improv Theater. Come see me perform in sketches that were conceived, written, and rehearsed within 24 hours. My first sketch is a Philly Sketch Fest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at phlsketchfest. Also, for more information about comedy in Philly, head to watercooler.com. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Like my first sketch on Facebook to keep up with who I'll be talking to next and future live shows. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy. <laughs>